Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning Pacific time, 7.40 Mountain time, 8.40 Texas time, 9.40 for Michigan and East Coast time. If you're here live, then you know what time you need to be here. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on Sound, S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D. Put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90. And these calls will pop up. They're now archived back more than nine years. Um, The last several months, we've been putting in Um, not only the date and the host name, but we've been putting in topics. So if there's something in particular that you've missed or one that you want to catch up on or one that you want to go back and listen to, you can always go back and search for them on SoundCloud. If you get your podcast through a different podcast service, then if you put in Frank Lomas and TR90, they could well pop up. Or Frank Lomas and Solutions, the digit for anti-aging, and that might cause them to pop up as well. Frank says he's been seeing them pop up on other podcast services, and so we wanted to let you know that there is a wealth of places to find this information if you're looking for it. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background, but a huge interest in both um, health, nutrition, and exercise in that I had grandparents that were not in the best of health when I was younger and I really didn't want to travel down the paths that they traveled down so I've done a lot of things as preventative so that I don't travel down some of those paths and with that being said um, I came into the Chair 90 program through the R90 program which was its immediate predecessor And while the R90 program worked for many people, it didn't really work for me. Um, When they added the supplements to the TR90 program and switched it up a little bit, it made all the world a difference to me. In that I was able in about six months to lose 20 body inches. I did not lose an ounce. I lost inches. So that meant that I was firming up what I already had and I had a lot of muscle tone because I was exercising copious amounts of time, like four and a half, five hours a week, and it was moderate to heavy exercise at that point. And I was able to lose the body fat that was holding me back, which I just, I can't say enough, enough good things about this program. So that TR90 program, when you're first starting out, it is that really good lean clean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. If you're a really large person, you may need to increase that to four meals with 30 grams of protein, or you may need to increase the amount of protein at each meal. Either way, highly recommend that, you know, that that is one of the, one of the key support legs to the program. Making sure that you take your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal, if at all possible, that is the optimum. Um, Sometimes it's just not possible. I know that 
as a substitute teacher, I can never figure out when exactly lunch was going to be and be able to take that midday supplement 15 to 20 minutes before. So I just finally just started taking all my supplements with my meal. So it will still work. It's just not quite as effective as it would be if it was on board in your system. Staying hydrated. Hydration is another key port, part of this because it keeps the um, toxins moving out of your bottom, which water does a wonderful job of clearing that out and moving it through. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if, for instance, you weigh 100 pounds, you, sh you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water. If you're not at the the level where you need to be, start with where you are and slowly increase it until you're at where you need to be for your water intake. Because water, um, a lot of times it masks as hunger, so you might think you're hungry when in fact it's dehydration already starting to set in. So my one of my first go-to tricks is as soon as I'm starting to think I'm hungry, drink eight ounces of water, wait five minutes, and see if I'm really still hungry after five minutes. If I'm still hungry after five minutes, then it's probably, looking at the time, it's probably time for a meal and eat which meal I was scheduled for that part of the day. Which, that was one of CJ's tricks, except that, you know, she was really looking for something to eat and it was really calling to her. She'd wait five minutes and see if she was still wanting to have a bite of whatever it was. And if after five minutes she was still wanting it, she says, okay, one bite, you taste it, you really savor it, and then you're done. Because you don't want to get into the habit of scarfing down a whole bag of chips, so just a couple of chips, okay, I've, I've satisfied that salty tooth or I've satisfied my sweet tooth, whatever it is that was causing me to want to eat something off plan. And then she made sure that she had mapped out what she was going to eat the next day, the night before. So you've got seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables daily. That gives you micronutrients, macronutrients. Also, it um, gives you a lot of fiber. Fiber is one of the things that keeps things moving through your system and pulls out some of those toxins as well but only from the food side rather than from the liquid side. Getting seven to nine hours of rest daily is another key component. Without good rest, I know that I find that I start making poor decisions if I have not gotten adequate rest. So that is one of the things that I try to make sure I do every single day. And if I slip up on one day, I try to make sure I get caught up in the next day or two so that I'm not running on a low sleep level. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. And if you heard Frank, he's, he and Jennifer will be, um, you know, they keep coming up on, they're getting close to 1,400 days, hashtag no days off. Once you have a good habit, you don't want to lose it. And it's easier to just keep going rather than to... Um, say, oh, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to do it today. That is the easiest way to slip out of a good habit, and I highly encourage you to stay at it. Find something you enjoy doing because then you'll look forward to it. Reframe your mindset as to, 
oh, not I have to, but I get to. I get to do X, Y, Z. And getting outside in the fresh air will help both mentally and physically. So I always try to encourage people to get their exercise outdoors when at all possible, unless it is really too hot and humid out there to do that. So that is our TR90 program in a nutshell. I've been sharing some information with you recently out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. So he's a medical doctor as well as um, a medical scientist. And he, in writing his book, has put a lot of the scientific and the political implications into his book. So we know the things that are really good about the TR90 program. This is actually doing a lot of confirmation of, but it's also a good support to remind us of what we should and shouldn't be doing. So he is saying that societal interventions can target either the affected individual or the entire population. There are strengths and limitations to both strategies as listed below. So personal interventions, focusing on the individual, the strength is targets care only to the obese person, but the limitation is patient, patient is medicalized and demonized, saying that it's your fault. A strength limits money spent on those affected by obesity. The limitation is it offers no prevention to those who will be affected in the future. All those, quote, flippers, that means thin people who become fat along the way, so it's, they, they also don't have any protection. Strength. It is easy to incorporate it into medical care. The limitation is the high costs and questions about feasibility. Strength is that it has clear and favorable risk to benefit ratio. The limitation is that it emphasizes behavior modification, which has limited success in a toxic environment. So that means we really need to make sure our environments are really well cleared out. Another limitation is that it doesn't help thin people with metabolic disease. So on that, and those are all on the personal side. On the societal interventions, we have that it regulates the quality of food nationally, improving health for everyone. So that is a strength. But the downside is it must be acceptable to the general population, challenges the electability of politicians. Another strength is that it changes food structure and availability, but another limitation is it must be feasible and pushback as expected from food companies and the addicted populace. And another limitation is that the costs are prohibitive. While it might be more palatable to the populace to focus specifically on the obese, such across-the-board labeling, may be too pejorative to be, excuse me, to be effective. Furthermore, don't forget that 20% of the obese population doesn't need targeted healthcare intervention, while 40% of normal weight people need it and won't get it. Lastly, altering one person's food environment is downright impossible. 
It's way easier to alter everyone's food environment at the same time. I offer the next two chapters as the smorgasbord of ideas to think about in order to help rescue our brethren and our economy before they both collapse under their own weight. And the title of the next chapter actually is What Have Government Wrought? Wrought. So the Hydra bad statement, all significant public health interventions involve and require the use of law. In 2000, the Memphis Area Society for Parental and Antral Nutrition, with which Dr. Lustig was affiliated, obtained an audience with the Memphis Board of Aldermen. We discussed the increase in the obesity epidemic coincident with the transition of the lowest income neighborhood into a food desert. Food desert is where there's an area where there's no um, supermarket that has fresh fruits and vegetables and high quality food available at a reasonable price. The withdrawal of the only supermarket and the proliferation of the fast food concessions were in part responsible for this change. We argued for zoning restrictions on the density of fast food establishments in these neighborhoods. One of the senior aldermen calmly asked the question, you want to take away the single thing in these people's lives that gives them pleasure? Ah, so the alderman was after pleasure and not necessarily what was in their best interest. And Dr. Lustig responded, I didn't have an answer for that question then, and I'm not sure that I have one now. If the goal is short-term pleasure, the alderman is right. If the goal is for business to make money, he's also right. But if the goal is health, happiness, medical and economic and social justice and overall societal benefit, then his is just the type of thinking that prevents us from achieving it. In no arena has President Reagan's signature quote been more truer than in the government's passive role fomenting the obesity epidemic. Throughout our, and the actual quote is, government is not the solution to our problems, government is the problem. Throughout our history, bills and programs designed and funded with the best of intentions have been adulterated and abused by multiple stakeholders, which with each handout and with no interest in a mutually beneficial solution. Our nutritional crisis is the long-term result of the Farm Bill. The Farm Bill is one of the most complex and antiquated pieces of renewable legislation that Congress approves every five years. It was developed in the 1930s for two reasons. First, we had family farmers who were so coming to the double whammy, the Depression and the Dust Bowl. Second, we had a hungry and destitute population. The country needed cheap calories. That meant storable commodities, wheat, rice, soybeans, corn, grains, you can put in silos or ship around the country without fear of spoilage. This happened in ancient Egypt when in Genesis 14, 30, chapter 14, verses 33 through 36, Joseph told Pharaoh 
that he would need to store grain in preparation for seven years of famine. The crops without a lot of water that don't shrivel up when you dry them. Not a green vegetable in the bunch. The farm bill was developed with subsidies for all forms of storable carbohydrates. This produced a glut in high-glucose foodstuffs, which over time meant two things. We had to find new uses for them, for example, ethanol for cars, and we had to get people to eat more of them. Here we find the basis for our current nutritional policy and the reason that grains have formed the basis of the USDA food pyramid for decades an antiquated, unneeded policy that needs big-time reform, and one that rewards the richest 10% of the farmers. But because the Midwestern agricultural states maintain so much political clout with two senators per state, despite their sparse populations, tinkering with the farm bill remains political suicide. Try it at your own risk. So I think I'm going to stop there so that I can pick up on Monday um, at the top of the next page. With that being said, this is Susie Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out. If you're interested in building a new skin business, if you move over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, at the top of the hour, you will be hearing one of our illustrious leaders sharing information on how to build that new skin business. Then I'm going to take us off mute for any questions, comments, thoughts you might have about future topics. Love to hear them all. Well, there we have it, my friends. Thank you, Susan. That was really interesting. Yeah, I know. And so we're going to be probably seeing more of the po- political side of how some of this has happened over decades and how we might want to think about our elected officials. <laughs> I have no idea. I have not read ahead very far to figure out what I'm going to do, but I'm going to leave it in everybody's capable hands and brains to figure out for themselves what's best. <laughs> well, the way things are going now, we have to really be diligent into who we elect. I would definitely agree with that because the more care we take with that, the better off everyone will be in the long term. But many times, sometimes we have to take the short-term answer because they might be the better choice. It is so complicated that sometimes even I can't figure it out. And I'm looking forward to your lovely talk tomorrow for your meditation. All righty. I will be up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Fabulous, because I'll be looking forward to it, and I'm sure most of our other friends will be too, even if they are quietly listening. (laughs) Well, it's good for me, too. I love it. All righty, guys. Okay, take care. Have a great day, one and all. Get get outside, get some fresh air, get some of those wonderful outside endorphins into your system because that will help you make good choices too. Oxygen is always a good thing for the brain. With that being said, I am going to take...
take us off of the recording and we'll actually